Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Super excited about today's episode, and I'm sure you will be as well. Listen, is your church out of seats? Maybe your kids' environment's overflowing, or you don't have the parking you need. Maybe your facility was designed 20, 30, 40 years ago. Maybe you're portable and you're looking for your first permanent facility. What is the facility lid that's preventing your church from living out its mission? Whatever you do, don't call that architect across town. Call the team over at Rise Point. Uh, they have actual on-staff church ministry experience. They've lived, lived or and lived <laughs> and led in some amazing churches across the country. Uh, they also have some amazing uh, licensed architects that work for them. Uh, listen, they want to sit down with you, understand your unique ministry, and offer creative solutions that they've learned from other growing churches. What I want you to do is I want you to go over to risepointwithane.com forward slash 360. That's risepointwithane.com com forward slash 360 for this free uh, facility 360 evaluation. It really is an amazing tool. It's incredible that it's free to help you better understand how to leverage your existing square footage and give you some real options for taking on that next project. Listen, I know there's a lot of churches that are listening in that are growing uh, and Rise Point is your next phone call. It is never too early to give them a call. Again, that's risepointwithane.com forward slash 360. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you've decided to tune in today. I'm super excited for today's conversation, a chance to hear from a church leader who's going through something that a lot of churches have faced. And I, I do think this will be the kind of thing that uh, that we'll get a chance to learn from. We'll all get a chance to kind of open our notepads and hear uh, from inside this story. We've got uh, Pastor Jason Held with us. He is from uh, a church uh, that you're going to want to know about called Journey Church. Uh, they are an incredible church in Wisconsin, multi-site. They even have a campus in Lithuania, which is fascinating to me. Uh, so super excited to have you on the show today, Jason. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invite, Rich. Why don't we start with kind of you telling us a little bit about Journey. Give us a sense of the journey of Journey. If people were to show up this weekend, what would they experience? Give us a flavor of uh, what's happening at the church. Yeah, so Journey Church uh, has been in Kenosha. We actually are celebrating 87 years in Kenosha, so a long That's history amazing. in our community. Uh, Kenosha itself is a community of about 100,000 people with some surrounding areas, but we are kind of considered a suburb of Chicago uh, as you just come north of the border here and uh, into Wisconsin. And so, um, you know, with that comes just a lot of great opportunity, mm -hmm. um, kind of be a regional church in that respect. Our location affords us to um, to be able to attract a lot of different people to our to our community. So um, it's a it's a great place to serve. I love being here. And uh, the church uh, does quite a bit in the community as well. Uh, we've branched out quite a bit, you know, partnering with our city with like foster care and those kind of things and serving our community. But uh, more importantly, you know, just our church's comes from a, we're a part of the AG, uh, somebody's a God fellowship. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. our experience at journey is definitely going to be a little more on the lively side of things, uh, with our worship and our approach, uh, to how we do ministry on the weekends. And again, having the three, uh, three campuses stateside and one campus in Lithuania, you know, just kind of adds to that dynamic as well. So that's who we are. 
Nice. Why don't you tell us about kind of your most recent thinking or, or kind of what's been happening on the campus expansion front? What, um, you know, what's been going on on that side uh, that, you know, over the, you know, in this most recent kind of endeavor, what give us a kind of frame that up, give us a sense of that story. Yeah. So uh, with Journey Church started obviously just as one campus and we cut the opportunity to merge with another campus, uh, another church just to the west of us. Um, so they kind of approached us and, uh, you know, mergers always can be a little bit interesting. Uh, we prefer mm-hmm. to use the word now adoption is really kind of more to what it's like uh, to come and be a part mm-hmm. of our culture and who we want to be as a church. And so uh, that kind of launched us in this whole uh, multi-site venture. Uh, we actually kind of were talking about it as a team leadership and uh, and able to move forward with this opportunity that a pastor came to us and approached us saying, hey, what would this look like? And uh, honestly, mm-hmm. this is kind of where we launched into that. But part of that process was, you know, how are we going to do this? You know, there are many different ways of doing multi-site. Uh, do you do like a, a live service at a, at a multi-site location? And we chose the video venue standpoint, which meant that we had to upgrade quite a bit of what we had at our Kenosha campus to be able to reach our, uh, our Burlington campus. And so that's where it started on this journey of identifying just how are we going to make this happen? How do we financially make it happen? Uh, Facility-wise, staffing-wise, it just led us to that whole realm. And so uh, that's where we, I would say that Journey Church was maybe a typical church. Uh, and, you know, if you remember Radio Shack back in the day, I mean, I would say that most of our AV tech <laughs> equipment maybe came from Radio Shack at the time, which again, Radio Shack is great uh, for home stuff. But when you start, start doing multi-site and those kind of things, we just had to do a major overhaul of our audio systems. And obviously, we're not equipped video-wise uh, to handle this. And so um, it pushed us forward uh, in a very quick manner. Something we, again, we had talked about, but when it comes right down to it, you have to have the finances, you have to have the plan to make it happen. And that's where we launched into our uh, our first merger uh, with uh, with our Burlington campus. Oh, I love this. So much to pull apart, uh, you know, in this conversation today for people. Um, before we jump in, I do want to talk about that kind of transition out of Radio Shack. I think there's a lot of church leaders that are listening in that are like, oh, that's us. Uh, but before we get there, I'd love to hear a little bit about when this church in Burlington, when they came to you, what did that look like? How did that, like, literally, did you just get a phone call? Hey, would you adopt us? What Give us a sense of kind of what that transition looked like, even before you decided, yes, we're going to go ahead with this. Um, how did those early conversations give us a sense of what happened there? Yeah, so uh, the church in Burlington was a sister church of ours. It's an Assembly of God church, so they kind of knew who we were. They're about 35 minutes west of us. And so um, the church was a church of about 65 people, and uh, and the pastor there was just like saying, hey, i just looking to transition and what this looks like for my congregation. And uh, again, this is about seven years ago, so you know, multi-site has been going on. Uh, for mm-hmm. a while. And he was just like saying, Hey, how, how would this look? And so we just talked through that process uh, with him and his leadership team and kind of going, Hey, we're going to, you know, w- uh, let's make this happen. Um, and let's talk about what it means for the pastor, mm-hmm. you know, h- how that would transition would look for him as well and his team. Uh, but more importantly, it was just a drive to kind of say, Hey, I don't know if I have everything I take, uh, it takes to make it happen in Burlington. And so um, looking at a church like journey, who um, you know has had some success reaching people and uh, and growth and this all those kind of things, uh, but what it came down to is going, hey, we kind of want that here, and uh, I think mm-hmm. this could be a great fit for not and not necessarily a fit for the pastor, but a fit for his church and for his community, which I think is key to his vision 
uh, as he was transitioning out of that location. Hmm, interesting, fascinating. I love how um, you know one of the things that we've seen now. So he was he was transitioning. He was like retiring, or what? What did that look like? Was that what was happening with him? Yeah, he was coming to the end of his ministry time as in full time ministry and looking for something just a little bit different to do, but wasn't quite ready to leave right away. Yep. And so we had to talk through all that transition um, process for him personally. Uh, but mm-hmm. also more importantly, just for his church and his congregation. Yeah, interesting. Now we we do often see in uh, when we see in kind of these multi-site mergers um, that oftentimes the kind of role of the lead pastor, how their kind of their um, piece of the puzzle, who they are as a person as a lead pastor, that often is it can be one of the things that that flag a church to say, hey, maybe we would like to join with someone else, maybe we'd like to be adopted. So that's it's interesting that we've seen that uh, here. Now let's uh, you know so that you obviously this got you into thinking about multi-site. You guys weren't multi-site before this, right? This was kind of, you were one location and then this got you thinking about going multi-site. Correct. Yeah. We had the vision of maybe doing more multi-site, maybe, you know, launching a new uh, campus altogether. But then the merger option came up and like going, okay, well, let's go ahead and pursue this and see what that looks like. So um, it kind of came on quickly. Uh, We weren't planning on doing a merger. Yeah. Um, So then that's when we had to get, um, you know, systems wise and AV tech wise had to get on track with the vision we had for doing multi-site. Okay. So you decided, uh, that you were going to go forward with a, a kind of a video driven model of multi-site, you know, very common, uh, again, the kind of middle of the bell curve, two thirds of multi-site churches have some, they use some component of video. Um, they're not, it's not the, it's not that they use exclusively video from a teaching point of view, but the, the majority of multi-site churches have video as a piece of their equation. Um, so what kind of lead us through that conversation? Cause that obviously, obviously ultimately then ends up making some kind of audio visual lighting decisions down there, but what led you to the point where you said, Hey, this seems like the good best next step for this merger rather than saying, Hey, let's find someone local to preach or that kind of thing. What, what led us to that led you to that point to think, yeah, maybe we'll do video teaching. Yeah. When it came to multi-site, obviously, like you said, there's many different ways of doing it. And so what we decided on is like going, Hey, just the success rate of multi-site, uh, doing video venues. Uh, we just kind of said, Hey, that feels like the right thing to do for us. So it was a cultural fit for us. Uh, Mm -hmm. we have some just amazing communicators and really Mm -hmm. just the desire to have, um, a campus pastor who doesn't have to focus so much on the preaching side of this thing, but more the shepherding community involvement, um, those kind of things uh, were key for us, as well as just uh, a, a, the same message kind of being, you know, going through all of our campuses is very important to us. Uh, one key communicator each weekend uh, for all our, all our campuses is really the route we wanted to go. Not that we don't do that exclusively. We Our campus pastors do preach, you know, you know eight to 10 times a year, um, you know, kind of doing a group message site format. But to begin mm-hmm. with, it was pretty much all video venue to begin with. Okay. So this brings us to the point where you started to evaluate um, the technology side, say, Hey, things are not maybe where they need to be. Uh, what were some of the, you know, signs of that, the telltale signs you're like, Oh, we, we maybe are either, I like your language radio shack, we're maybe not where we need to be. What were some of those things you're like, Oh, that led the church to believe we need to make some changes on that front. Well, our cameras were horrible. Uh, so that was part of it. So knowing we're gonna do a video venue, like saying, we got to get this upgraded, uh, but also meant just technology wise, even it wise and those kind of things, just to make sure we can get a strong message, you know, a strong signal. So to speak to our campuses and how we're going to capture this in an effective way so that the experience for the multi-site is as as good as it can possibly be at the time. And so that's when we just started mm-hmm. on the journey of going, okay, we got to build a whole tech booth. Um, we got to get different camera angles because no longer we were just recording for ourselves, you know, to review. 
now we're recording for a broadcast, you know, um, format. So uh, being able to bring the right people in um, to speak into that for us. Because uh, again, uh, we do church well. We don't really do AV tech well at the time, and so we needed you know some experts to come in to kind of show, hey, this is how you make this happen, and this is what it's going to you know uh, take in the long run to get a successful uh, video venue multi site off the ground. Fascinating. So you know the, the obviously technology was a driver, but there ultimately was a lot of different changes that you looked at as a church. Um, how you know kind of what did how did you take those initial steps to say okay we need to update some of these things uh did you like just go on amazon and kind of <laughs> figure out what's next or you know did you bring in some outside help what did that look like yeah so we started talking to some churches that we really respect and had maybe had done some updates and we came across just a great group of people um that are at rise point um aaron stansky uh, was a key person and kind of coming alongside to kind of say hey Here's what you need to do, and but more importantly, here's why, and uh, really kind of mm. taking on the vision and mission of who we were as a church and who we are currently as a church moving forward. Really kind of listening in, going, "Hey, if you want to do this, this is what you need to watch out for. Um, this is what you need to be better in these areas." And what I think I appreciate about a, someone like an Aaron coming in is going, "Hey, it wasn't just one or two options; it was like four options, right?" Um, to kind of say, mm. "This oh, is this good. is how you can go." Yeah, you got to decide which one you want to go with. Um, So again, it required someone who had experience, uh, not only to be able to build it, but also to let us know how we're going to do this and why we're going to do this. And uh, again, just a listening session, multiple listening sessions on who we were, what our vision was. And to help us move forward with uh, both our facilities as well as the AV tech side of things. Sure. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about that for a second. So um, the idea of a strategic outsider, I think is critically important. I think a lot of churches come to a an inflection point and it can be very helpful to have some outside help. Um, and, you know, I love Aaron, love Rise Point. I think they do a killer job. Uh, and they're, you know, they're one of the kinds of companies that you could bring in. Uh, we'll get into them specifically, but what, there are some church leaders out there that are like, like, oh, we're resistant to the idea of outside help. They would say, listen, we can either we don't want to spend the money on that or, um, you know, we're not we've kind of got everything we need here or that's going to just they're just going to import some uh, kind of outside ideas onto us. What led the church to the point where you thought, no, actually, you know what, we could actually bring somebody in externally. What kind of was in your mindset or what in the, in the kind of church leadership mindset when you brought someone else in? And then how did how did that benefit the conversation? How did it help through this transition? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest barrier in these kind of things is, again, we try to do things on the cheap. Um, again, hence the Radio Shack uh, comment from before. <laughs> but I think we can even get cheap in, hey, we can figure this out. We can do this on our own. If we just talk to a couple of churches who've done this, uh, we can come up with our own plan around this and and maybe do it better and even cheaper and this kind of stuff. And the fact of the matter is, in my experience, um, if you don't get the right people at the table early on, it just is going to prolong mm. it and it's going to make it you know more difficult. Um, again, we do church well in this kind of stuff, but we really don't when it comes to facilities and AV tech and those kind of things. I mean, uh, Malcolm Gladwell in his Tipping Point book talks about mavens, right? People who are experts in this area to kind of be able to speak mm. into uh, your your world. So for us in this world, we needed a tipping point uh, to be better and to, and to grow and to have excellence. Mm-hmm. And that's really where it comes down to. I think, you know, I'm as my job here as the XP for administration, I oversee all the finances and the facilities and those kind of things. And so for me, you know, I tend to be a little more cautious on the financial side of things and just want to be conservative. But, you know, money well spent in the right areas will save you, you know, hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars 
uh, when done right the first time than when mm. you try to do it right the second time. And so that's really where, you know, where my head was at in going this process going, hey, we need to bring, you know, an expert in to, to help us make this happen. What was kind of your internal thinking or process around ultimately selecting that led you to Rise Point? What kind of helped that conversation? You know, really, it's just someone who understood who we were as a church. Um, you know, there's so mm. many different, there, there, you know, churches all have different kind of styles and approaches to how they're going to do ministry in their communities. And so really, it was a, just listening sessions. And again, um, I felt that there was a partnership uh, not just to get a job done, but to really reach our community, and in this case, Burlington as well, um, you know, through this uh, process. So we needed to change. We need to learn. And so it's not just to, you know, hey, put the soundboard in, do these cameras, you know, run this cable type thing, but also kind of going structure-wise, how do we train up our people, our current staff, to be able to handle multi-site um, video venue responsibilities. Um, you know, to ha- again, it's all about having excellence at that point. And so someone who can come along and not only, sh- you know, tell us what we need to do, but also train us and to really walk the path. So honestly, Aaron has been with us uh, for eight years now, you know, walking, walking the path, um, not only for Burlington, but for a campus now in Beach Park, Illinois, um, renovating our current campus here at Kenosha, um, our first campus. And so just making those things happen, uh, again, all with the idea of this is who we are as a church and uh, and keeping our core values, the core values, not telling us to be someone that we're not. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what it came down for, to for us was just mm-hmm. relationship, uh, but not just for uh, a time frame, mm-hmm. but a strategy for the long haul. And uh, so it's something that can continue on um, in future endeavors as well. Yeah, I totally understand that. So give us a sense of the scope of what RisePoint did for you. I know that they, uh, they're, it's, they're like a design firm. So they do a lot of different things around facilities and helping churches think through multi-site, uh, do some project management. What have they done? Uh, and then, so what's the kind of scope of what they've done? And then what's been the area that you feel, obviously it sounds like the listening piece, but that you feel like you've got the best value of out of engaging with them. Yeah, I mean, what I found is uh, with Aaron specifically is just his experience in ministry, um, his personal experience. I mean, he hasn't been a design build person his whole entire mm-hmm. life. Um, you know, he's he's been intricately involved in several different churches and also just his experience with, you know, helping other churches be successful is definitely, you know, kind of a key thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, that's kind of where the expertise comes in, in my opinion, for someone like a, like, like a rise point to help make that happen. So, um, so it was really just the fact that he could come in and kind of show us what needed to happen. It was uh, extremely key for us. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think one of the things I love about Aaron specifically and Rise Point is, uh, not, you know, they'll engage with you if you've got like you're like you've done. Hey, we're launching campuses, or we've got to fix this area, or we've got to integrate some new AVL, or we've got to, um, you know, build a new kids wing, whatever that is. But because of their background and their experience in just engaging with a lot of churches, you're going to get all kinds of peripheral help just with like because they've seen so much, they've been through so many different, you know, really growing, thriving churches. And so it can be super helpful for you to engage, you know, as a, you know, as a church leader, uh, you know, with an organization like Rise Point. Now, so you've obviously continued to stay engaged with them. You've done multiple projects. Well, give us the kind of the Burlington story. So what happened? Give us a chance of kind of the changes you made at, at either um, your Kenosha campus or Burlington, the physical changes, technology, all of that. And then what what is kind of happening there today? And look, when you look back on that, 
what, yeah, what's gone on in that location in hindsight? Now? Yeah, so at our Burlington campus, again, there was about 60 people there when we merged with them and went through that process. And, you know, and like any merger, we weren't a fit for everyone. Um, they were used to having a pastor on site who was preaching on the weekends and those kind of things as well. And, you know, so some people didn't make the transition. You know, our whole goal there was, um, hey, if you are able to find a, another church in the area that you can plug into, um, you know, we understand that completely. You know, maybe we weren't their flavor or style of church that they were looking for. Um, but, you know, we can look back now, going back to our merger in 2013 and kind of say, hey, we have a we have a congregation of 180 people now at that at this campus. Um, again, the campus itself was only about 5,000 square feet. So you're talking an auditorium that maybe holds 80 people, maybe 90 people. Um and, you know, limited children's space. So we actually had to go um, go to a portable campus at a local school. Now we've been doing that for just over a year to be able to uh, accommodate the growth of that campus. Um, so, you know, and then again, that launched us into a whole new realm because we were meeting in the in the existing facility. And so then that's where Rise Point came along and kind of say, hey, for portable uh, campus, you know, we're going to need to get a house right involved in this process and to help us grow and uh, and to have the technical needs we need there and just everything to be portable, which was all new for us as well. And so that's kind of the, you know, the history for that, uh, that church. Uh, our campus pastor that started seven years ago, he and his family are still part of that, leading that congregation. And uh, so again, to grow from 60 people to having 180, 200 people uh, on a weekend, and it's and, um, is just a great feeling to see new people finding mm-hmm. life and um, and finding Jesus, you know, in that in that community. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool to hear. You know, it's uh, to look back, you know, all these years later on a merge and see, you know, really God at work and doing some amazing things in the life of um, you know of a church. Well, let, let's ask. You know, let's. There's people listening in today that are on uh, the the lead church side that may have had a church come to them and say, I, I increasingly hear this where, you know, a church comes to them in a similar kind of conversation like like you had, where this, you know, church came to you and said, hey, we might be interested in joining. What would be some initial advice that you would give to a to a lead church that may have people asking them uh, to kind of make those initial steps great uh, towards, you know, a successful merger? Yeah, I think for, you know, we, our second merger was actually the same kind of situation where a church came to us and wanted to merge. The pastor was transitioning out of that, uh, that um, location and wanted to merge. And so we learned a lot in that first process of things of, you know, it all comes down, in my opinion, semantics. Um, We might say something, but how the merge, Mm -hmm. the church that's merging with us might hear something very different. Um, and so we're, we're thinking we're communicating, but we find out that we're not. Um, and, you know, and obviously we're talking about people who have done church for a while, a certain way. And so they just want to make sure that they can preserve some of the things that are going on, but it might just look a little different. Um, so for us, it's a matter of going, Hey, we mm. got to be upfront with who we are. This is what it looks like. And I think we try to soft, you know, you know, be soft, uh, on, on the on the conversation early on and be very sensitive to the to the conversation with our first merger uh, but with the second merger it was like going hey here's what's going to happen we're going to come in and we're going to 
remove that tree, you know, that fake plant is going to go away. Uh, those banners on the wall are going to go away and this kind of stuff because we mm-hmm. want to look and feel mm-hmm. um, in the, all of our campuses, even though they're different styles of buildings, uh, especially with being a portable campus, we still want it to look and feel like Journey Church. And so a lot of that is going, you know, your kids' spaces are going to be upgraded. Mm-hmm. You know, people are excited about that, but we're going to remove some things so that we can have some new life in these other areas. And so I think it really is coming down and going, um, and just being upfront and clear on what you're going to be doing and what this actually looks like. Um, in these cases, these churches did not have to merge with us in the end. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but they wanted to. And I think part of it is going, there was no surprises. Uh, when, we, when the merger was complete, um, it was like going, yes, we're doing what we said we were going to do. And, you know, to help ma- uh, make that campus function as a multi-site. Um, and also, again, with the goal of, reaching that community mm-hmm. for Christ, uh, you know, through a journey church mindset and vision statement and process. So, yeah, very cool. Uh, I love this idea of staying focused on mission. I found the same thing when I've been through mergers that, you know, really on the front end, we've got to take extra time, effort, and energy to focus the conversation on the mission. What is it that we think that God's called our church to do? And can you get on with that? Everything else is subservient to that. You know, all, everything that we, you know, whether we're going to have that plant or whether we're going to do whatever we're going to do in kids ministry, it all comes back to what is the mission? What does we believe God's called our church to be? And so how do we, um, you know, focus our people to do, uh, to do more of that? That's super, super helpful. Now, maybe just one other question uh, around the kind of video teaching piece, because you've been through that transition. You obviously have a mixed environment where your campus pastors do some teaching and you do, you know, video teaching as well. What would you say to a church that's considering using video teaching as a, a delivery mechanism? What would you say to a church that's thinking about using video teaching as a delivery mechanism for teaching that may be hesitant about it, that's thinking, "Hmm, I'm not so sure we want to do that. What would you say to a church now having lived in that environment for all these years? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, it was just a matter of, um, again, part of it was just having, it's great for having continuity. I mean, again, we have some great communicators at Journey Church uh, to be able to, you know, pass that on to the other campuses. And and just to try to keep the message as clear and concise as possible. Um, And again, I think it comes down to just making sure that we have, you know, the, the right style and approach to it. And, um, and what we do at our church is that we record our services on Saturday night. Um, so we do a Saturday night service at the, at the Kenosha Mm -hmm. campus, and then we, you know, able to deliver that. And I think, you know, uh, the hesitancy can be going, okay, well, what am I getting and how is this all going to work out? But it all is the pre-work leading up to it, uh, from the production team and the communicating team to make sure that it's clear and concise and also give room for, uh, for questions. So in our setting, you know, our campus pastors will, you know, they do their own worship, um, they, you know, they do their own announcements, those kind of things. The campus pastor will intro the message and then we'll close that out at the end just to kind of give as much, you know, um, individuality to that campus and to that campus pastor, uh, so that the campus pastor can do what needs to be done, uh, for that church, uh, you know, as they, as he shepherds that church. And so that's how we, can, that's how we mm-hmm. do that. So I think the hesitancy would be going, Hey, is this too controlled? Is this too much? Is this, how does this actually work out? Um, and what we found is going, our campus pastors love the flexibility that they have uh, with them um, to be able to open and close the message. And again, we love hearing stories. We meet on Mondays as an entire team and just kind of go through the process of what happened on the weekend and just to hear the stories that are taking place. And a lot of that is taking place once the message is done, once the once they you know, stop the video, you know, um, the message, you know, the message has been given, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the uh, challenge has been given. 
but then it's up to the campus pastor to really kind of bring that home and, uh, and, and really make that happen from a spiritual standpoint. So that would be something that I think people kind of fear going, Hey, you're going to lose individuality. You know, how are you going to raise people up to, you know, to be communicators and, and, and pastors and speakers in their own right. And, uh, so we've, again, been on a process going, we're not strictly video venue. Um, we have our pastors, our campus pastors are speaking more and more, um, at their local camp, at the campus level. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fear of mm-hmm. the fear of, um, of uh, too much individuality, I think could be part of that. Um, but we just found that, man, we just give them the freedom mm-hmm. to do what they need to do and just really trust them. And we hire these, these pastors to lead those congregations as they see fit. And so it's, a, it's really a building trust factor for us. And if there are issues, then we talk about them and we, how can we make this better? Uh, what could we be better at this process? So after seven years of doing this, you know, we've kind of figured out quite a few things that work and so mm-hmm. we've done some things that were not great, no doubt about it, but we learn from those and we move on. <laughs> Yeah, very cool, Jason. I appreciate this. This has been a great conversation. Super helpful. Give people a good overview. I'd encourage people to uh, to track with Journey. I think this is a fantastic church to see. Hey, you know, you're pushing almost a decade later here. A couple more years, you'll be at a decade with this this merger, which is is not common. A lot of churches are still it's kind of early in the merger conversation. So I would encourage people to follow along, Jason. If people want to follow you or the church, where can they do that? Um, where can they kind of follow along with this? Yeah, story? you can find Journey Church at J R N Y Church dot com is our website and from there has a link to just all kinds of different things that we do in different programs um so that'd be the best way to uh to contact journey church and again we're committed to helping all kinds of churches you know to be great in their areas and this kind of stuff so anything we can do as a church we are definitely a church that wants to bless other churches that are around us and and far and, and from us as well and so anything we can do to help churches be great Uh, We're willing to, uh, let's have a conversation. Let's talk. Love to help out in any way possible. Nice. Thanks so much. Appreciate being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>